Uh, good afternoon. It's a special schus to be mishtate, to join with this incredible program. I hope everyone has been enjoying thus far, and with Siyat HaDishmai will continue to enjoy immensely all the steiging, all the growth in Torah and Yiddishkeit. I want to thank Me'omek Halev, Me'omek Libi, to thank my dear brother-in-law, Rabbi Ruven Tarragon, and obviously Yeshiva Rakotel, and that he's representing for putting this all together with Siyat HaDishmayo, Lahangdil Torah Ladira, to be Marakot Shemayim. It's an unbelievable schus what he and his Eishas Chaya, my dear sister, have been working on in Eretz Yisrael, and we see that their hashpah continues to America here as well. So we wish them a bracha and atzlocha with all their unbelievable avodas hakodesh. Amen. Amen. And it's their anniversary today. And it's their anniversary today. <laughs> so on that note, the quest for a perfect marriage. Uh, why don't we start with the following? There's a Dr. Tannenbaum. He's a dentist who lives in Eretz Yisrael, uh, but he comes in a few weeks. Uh, per month, uh, two or three weeks, depending, to continue his dentistry practice in Williamsburg, New York. Uh, very devoted to Avaser Tisrael, he always closes his office in honor of Yom Ha'atzmaut. He uh, plans family-related activities. Yom Ha'atzmaut, the you didn't know, you can't visit Dr. Tenenbaum's dentistry office. I was a Hasidish woman in Williamsburg. A couple of years ago, she had a daughter with a dental emergency. She calls up her dentist, Dr. Tenenbaum, and says, Dentist, I know, I know you, your office is closed, but you have to make an exemption. And my daughter's in intense pain. She needs to see you. She has to come in first thing in the morning. And Dr. Tenenbaum says, You know that my office is always closed. And Yomatsumot, I don't open for anything. I'm sorry, but you have to find another dentist. No, and she's pleading incessantly, Dentist, please, you have to do me this favor. You are the one that she trusts, and she's in such incredible pain. You have to go ahead and see her. Make an exception, please. You don't see him in that cloud. He says, you know what? I'll tell you what. <laughs> he comes up with the following idea. He turns to this Hasidish lady in Williamsburg, connected to Satmer, and he says to her, let's make a deal. Tomorrow morning is Yom Atzimut. I'll see your daughter first thing in the morning. I'll deny, but I want to stipulate that you are going to say Halal Sholem without a bracha tomorrow morning. Okay, got it. So she says, Dentist, you got yourself a deal. I can't believe it. Satmer woman in Williamsburg. He got a Satmer woman to say Halal Sholem without a bracha. He can't believe it. So he sees the daughter the next morning. And after the procedure, he turns to the woman and says, Okay, I just completed my part of the deal. What about you? I assume you already davened this morning before you brought your daughter in. Tell me, did you say hello, Sholem? Without a bracha. And she smiles one ear to the next and she says, Dentist, I said hello, Sholem, without a bracha. And he is, he is astounded. He says, In Williamsburg, oh, come on, and nobody heard about it. Your husband, they didn't lynch you. How could it be in the middle of Williamsburg? You said hello and your family knew that you said hello and your matzmot. She says, yes, you see, dentist, my dear husband's birthday coincides with Yomatzmut. And each and every year I say, Halo Sholem without a bracha, to thank our Kodesh Baruch Hu for giving me such a special husband. Turning now to the dentist, he says, So yeah, I said, Halo Sholem without a bracha this morning in honor of my husband's birthday. 
And what about you, Dr. Tenenbaum? And do you say hello Sholem without a bracha for your wife's birthday? And he smiles and says, well, I'll tell you the truth. I say hello every single year on my wife's birthday with a bracha. I mean, because her birthday every year coincides with Hanukkah. After hearing such a story, I told my wife, my birthday is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. <laughs> Do we say hallel without a bracha to honor our spouse? Are we saying hallel no da to thank our Kodesh for our spouse? What about in the quest for one? Are we davening? Are we being mispalel, right? So no, Samir Vachol going as Leke Rishima Santfila. And nobody ever really got anything in Chumash unless they daven for it. Aleya, we know how Pekabola was destined to Esav. She was the older of the two sisters. As she was to wed Esav Arosha, Leah, I was going to be matched up with an Esav, Rochel, the Yikara, Kerasabayas, matched up with her Bashert, Yaakov Avinu. And Mikoach Tfila, she is Mispala, Leah, Demos, Yibayetze, Chavtes Yitzayin. Ene Leah Raka, she is spewing forth Demos, Bechia. All to be Mispala, and she could turn the tables, and she's Mahapich, the Olam Amazolos. And in the end, of the day, she doesn't marry Esau, she marries Yaakov, she marries Yaakov before he even weds Rochel, and she produces the majority of the Shifte called the children of the Shifte Yisrael. How did she get there? Tfila, Tfila, Tfila. And Vatam and Miletus, Rashi Sani Chazal, why did she finally stop, at least on a temporary basis? Because she stopped to Davin. You want big things, you got to Davin for it. <laughs> Somebody came to Rabbi Yoshev years ago. An older single girl and says, I'm a davening and davening. He says, I know, I'm going to give you a bracha. I'm not sure you're going to find you my shirt. But maybe, just maybe, Hashem wants a few more tefillahs. But Rebbe, I gave 10,000 tefillahs. Maybe he wants 10,000 or one. And maybe he wants 10,034. About Koach HaTfilah writes, Ravachel goes, what achieves big things in the pages of Chumash? One has to daven. And there's one parsha, and only one parsha that has the name of a woman encoded into its title, into its essence. And that, of course, is in Sefer Bereshus Chai And how fascinating to ponder, because the very parsha that's named after Sarah is already detailing at its outset the death, the premature demise of Sarimenu. And it doesn't tell us anything about Sarah. The whole parsha is the quest to find Rivka, the suitable mate for Yitzchak Avinu. So why is it called Chai Sar? Because through the quest, through that journey of Eliezer, what's he looking for? What's he searching for? We find out about what the Milas, the Midas, all those positive attributes that characterize Sarimenu. We get a better glimpse and an understanding and appreciation of a profound appreciation of the godless, the greatness of Sarimenu by understanding what Yitzchak Avinu was looking for. And how did he get his wife? And we mentioned the last year that the first mention of Ava on the pages of Chumash. The Ramam writes in Chelek Alpha, the first mention of love in the pages of Tanakh. Uh, the Vilna Gon, the Maharal, Rav Tzadik Akomi, we want to know what a word, what a concept means. We always turn immediately to the first instance, its first appearance on the pages of Tanakh. And where is the first incidence, the first occurrence of Ava, of love, on the pages of Chumash? Turning back the pages to the end of Ayera, to the episode of Akedas Yitzchak. Avram Vina was told by the Ribbon Shololam, Kachna es bincha, es 
is the ultimate unconditional love, the greatest expression of an Ava Sheina Tuluyabadover to quote the terminology from Perkeavas, the ultimate expression of an unconditional love is obviously parental love, the love that a parent has for a child is not totally not contingent on any variables. It is solely unconditional, unfettered and unrestrained love. That love, the first one who is loved by a parent, is Yitzchak Avinu. He is loved by Avram and Sarah. And what does he do with that love? He's the first person to love his spouse in the pages of Chumash. Now, granted, of course, Avram Avinu, they had a wonderful relationship. Avram Megayer Sanoshim, Sarah Megayer Sanoshim, they started the patriarchal and matriarchal lines, respectively. They were the beginning of our Ovos HaKadoshim, our Imos HaKadoshos. But who is the first marital union wherein we encounter, we witness that love between husband and wife, Yitzhak Avinu? And the Rama makes it very clear, the first one who is loved by another is the first individual to then channel and direct their love to his spouse. And what type of love did he redirect towards his spouse, Rivka? That same, uh, that identical, unconditional love that he received from his parents. Turning now to Chai Yisara, Yitzhak Avinu, Asiz Rivka, Vayasabra Evoli Yitzhak, it's called and Eliezer tells him about all the miracles, how the water sprung up miraculously, how this young girl was able to carry all and what she did for the camels. It was spectacular, it was miraculous, and I had kvitsa sederech. The whole journey was curtailed because it was a schus for you, Yitzchak, and yet Yitzchak isn't in love with her yet. Why? I'm not interested in miracles. I don't want miracles. I want to know. I want to know holiness. I want to know what she's really about. We're always impressed by miracles. But writes the Briskarov, writes of Yosef Chaim Zonefeld, writes of Dessler, Milton, Malio, and Chelekei. Ayitzchok isn't impressed by miracles. I can hear about Kvitsa Sederach, about the water miraculously rising to the top of the well, about this young girl carrying all these jugs. You know what? That's nice, it's impressive, it's great for a movie. But that's not why I'm going to fall in love with her. I want to hear what? I want to hear about her Kedusha. It's a great story of the son of the Chavetz Chaim was on a train once with the son of Hasidah Shereba. And the son of Hasidah Shereba turns to the son of the Chavetz Chaim and says, By uns, you should know by us, uh, in my tati's home, I see miracles day in and day out. Nisim and Aflos, he gives brochus, he is doing osim samosim, unbelievable miracles, I see every day. Tzadik, Gozar, Kodesh Ruchu Mekayim. Son of the Chavetz Chaim listens attentively and then he responds, he says, that's very impressive. You're living in a home of tzaddik. Whatever the tzaddik does, Hashem responds in kind. He says, I think my tati's a little bigger than that. You see, by my tati, by the helik of Chavetz Chaim, and whatever our Kodesh Baruch Hu is, goes there, the Chavetz Chaim is Mekayim. <laughs> whatever Hashem says is what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act. That's how my father, the Chavetz Chaim, lives his life. Yitzchok says, miracles, gewaldic, impressive. But practically, is she going to be the wife for me? Is she going to be the wife that deserves that role of the successor to none other than Sari Menu, the one who heads the list of the matriarchs, of the Mosakadoshos? And what happens? He brings Rivka into the tent, and not into Stam, a tent, into the tent of Sari This is Parshish Chai Yisara. 
And we understand the Gaulus of Sora through that search, that quest for a suitable mate for Yitzchak. He brings Rivka into the tent. And he takes her for a life. And he loves her and he loves her instantly. And only now is he consoled, is he comforted. Because the Ksav Sofer says, as long as my mother Sarah is alive in the world, I can marry really anybody because she'll have this unbelievable power, and she'll transform any girl whom I marry. She will go out and make her into a tzadikist. But now she's not here. And she just passed away three years previous. Who's going to go ahead and give me a suitable wife? But when he brings her into the tent of none other than Sori Menu, and as Rashi citing the Medrash Ramba, then there Dolek Meir Shamas Lev Shamas the Brocha Matzuyi Beisa the Yon and Kosher Alo. When those three miracles return, he says, "You know what? Oh, now I see she's a worthy successor." Uh, to my mother, Sori Menu, this is Sarah all over again. And then Mamela Vayinachim Yitzchak Achreim. I don't want miracles. I want to love her. How am I going to love her? I want to see that the milas that were Nisgala, that were manifest, when Sarah lived here, I want to see that those milas, the Kedusha, the Sanctity, the Tahara, the Chavibus, the Yedidus, and that she had with Avram Avino, I want to see that I could duplicate that. That's the first mention of a man loving a woman on the pages of Chumash. The first individual who was loved unconditionally by his parents is the one to then channel and redirect their love uh, to his wife, Rivka. But it's fascinating to consider. Uh, we don't really get much information about the day-to-day lives of Avram and Sarah. And we have unbelievable isolated episodes. For example, the outset of Ayera, the Gemilas Hasadim, the Achnos Asarchim, with which uh, they participated collectively, I understand. And we'll have a few isolated incidents. But Achareke, Chlosiko, when all is said and done, how the marriage that highlights Ava and the one that the Torah spends the most pages detailing is the search for the successor to Sarah to find a suitable mate, the Bashert for Yitzhak Avinu. If you think about it, uh, the Torah dedicates so many more psukim to the sikha, yavah, sikhos, and shalom, the yavah, to Eliezer. And we know so much more about the quest for a wife than we do about what it was to live daily with a rivka. Perhaps the idea of the Torah is telling us that throughout the life, uh, the union of a marriage is a continuous, incessant quest. We're always on a quest. We always have to be davening. Ayitzah Gavino writes of Avram Achiagroh and his Sefer told us Odom. The Torah tells us, how did he get to Rivka? Aviyitzchak ba mi bo be'er lachai roi. I need to know where he came from. My nafkamina. What practical difference does it make? A writer of Avram Achiagroh told us Odom. Because what happened by Be'er lachai roi? That's where the Malach came down and spoke to Hagar. And that's where the Shechina came down and connected with Hagar. Ayitzchak says, in order to find my Bashert, I have to David. I have to David. It's all I can do my ishtalas, and I ought to be doing my ishtalas. But so called so when all is said and done, I'm only going to get the right woman if I daven for. So where am I going to go to a mokum hamiyuchol letfila, a place where a malach Hashem Tzavakos came down and spoke and dealt with a hagar? Yitzchak, of course, had ties with Hagar. Yitzchak is Gamatra 208. Hagar is Gamatra 208. Who is the one who went to take Hagar after the death of his mother to bring her back to Avram Avinu? Yitzchak, as Rashi points out. Yitzchak says, I have to daven. He goes out to daven. 
Chazal tell us this is the posik indicative that he was mesakin tefilas mincha. Abrochas dav chavavam and beis the rambam mukas walachim praktesa lochalif tefilas always tignom yitzchak was mesakin mincha when at that moment that he was searching for a wife. And the greatest tefillah is what mincha writes the Gemara brokos vavam beis elio anavi lo nene ela betefilas mincha. How did he get his wife? The mate, the match, the match that introduces the love of a man and a woman on the pages of Chumash, on the pages of Tanakh, Yitzchak and Rivka, the only one of the Ovas, Hakadoshim, who married exclusively one woman. Avram Avinu married Sarah, but of course he had Hagar. Asapilegash, Yaakovino married Rochel, the Ikra Akersabayas, but as we spoke, he also married Leah. Yitzchak was exclusivity. It was Yitzchak, it was Rivka, a one man, a one woman, that's the ultimate Kedushin, that's the ultimate Nisuin, that is the Torah's expression of unconditional love. Yitzchak is loved unconditionally by his parents, by his father, especially Kachna, as bin and he takes that love, he channels it and directs it to his wife, and what do we know about their marriage? Very little, but we know about the search, we know about the tefillah that was involved. Clearly, the Torah is telling us, you want a successful marriage replete with unconditional love? It's always about davening and searching and doing more. My grandfather, my Saba Joe Rosak, always told us two pieces of advice before we got married. I says, number one, you better buy flowers for your wife every Shabbos and every Yom. Good. In fact, Rav Avram Genechovsky... <laughs> And the Rosh Yeshiva and the Chibin Yeshiva had such a close relationship with his wife. A Talmud was in my office a few years back and told me, Rabbi Fine, I was very close with my Rebbe, Rav Avram Genekovsky. It's related to the whole Genak Mishpacha, Rabbi Nachim Genak, it comes from Genekovsky. He was a tremendous Tamachacham, a going at Sadik, who was close with the Chibin Rav. And Rav Alam Genekovsky sent his wife flowers every year of Shabbos and every year of Yom Tif. And as often as he could, he would write a shir. He would compose a song and accompany the flowers with a shir. Now, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I don't do the shir part. Certainly not going to try singing it to my wife. But at the end of the day, he wouldn't ever say a shir in yeshiva unless he would first call up his wife and get a brocha from his wife for Hatzlocha in the shir. And there was one time that Tamidim already there in the shir, and he had forgotten to call his wife. He excused himself from the lecture room. I excused himself from the shir and says, I'm sorry, I have to, Rebbe, where do you have to go? And he finally had to reveal to his Tamidim, and this is how we know it. He would not deliver a shir in the yeshiva unless he called up his wife and said, oh, My dear honey, please, I need a brocha, then I'm going to give a good shir today. And he left the beginning of the shear and he got a bracha and only then did he continue. When his wife was on her deathbed, the Talmud told me he was in the room at the time. He was there to take care of his Rebbe in this difficult hour. And he heard Rav Avram Genekovsky say to his wife just before she passed away the following words. Tzemed chemed kemosha anachnu alohaya v'loyia ba'olam. That cherished bond and union that you and I had and this world never existed before and will never exist again. Quite a bold, brazen statement. But that's how he felt vis-a-vis that love, that incredible alva that he had between him and his wife. He would not say the shear unless he got the brocha. He would make sure the flowers and the song. 
Anos, my dear Samba, would tell us as well, make sure to get flowers and before every Yerushamas and every Yontif. But he said another statement as well. And that was, Eitan, you better love your wife more than yesterday, but never as much as tomorrow. And that's in line with it, exactly what we're speaking about. It's always a journey. Marriage is to become one, but we never get married, and then all of a sudden we become one. We get a taste, we get a glimpse of it, but the whole talkless of marriage is it's a quest to get more perfect, to get better, to become better, better people, better as individuals, better as a joint union. It is the quest, it's the journey. We know so much more about Yitzchak searching for that wife and dominating for that wife and working on himself and Rivka working on herself until they make sure that they can meet up together and then henceforth we know very little about their day-to-day life. It's about davening. What about Yaakov? How much time did he work? His search, his preparing 14 years in the Yeshiva Ever, his working on the fields. And we don't have to know too many details. Why? Because like so many mitzvahs, it's all about the chana. It's all about the preparation. And once you get into the marital union, it's about working on perfecting oneself and getting better and bigger. Uh, day after day, it's the quest continuously for that perfect marriage. So how do we illustrate this? We know on the pages of Chumash, a husband and wife are referred to as an ish and an isha. One has to wonder, chos and bekalo, they get married, and the loshen amikra, the loshen tanach, what is a chosen referring to? A chosen is not a groom, and a kala is not the bride. Uh, turning to the episode of Yehuda, vitamar kala so, a kala is a daughter-in-law, and a chosen is a son-in-law. So asks Rav Yitzchak Zilberstein in the Sefer Tuvcha Yabiyu Parshas Bolok, uh, why is it that we refer to a chos and a kala with those descriptive appellations, those choice terminologies? If we always, as lean and boss, loshen and we look to the loshen of Chumash, and the Torah says they're called the Baal Vishto and Ish Vishto. Uh, so why are we mishtamish with these between uh, that the Torah references Klape is son-in-law and a daughter-in-law, respectively. A chosen is a son-in-law and a kala is a daughter-in-law. Asks, Rev Zilberstein, how do we understand these terminologies? He says, when in doubt, uh, to whom do you turn? You turn to the Goladar, who happens to be my brother, Lord Chaim Kenevsky, the Sarah Torah. And he asked Chaim Kenevsky, and why do we call a chosen a chosen and a kalo a kalo? And Chaim explained, chosen is Milosh and Chaim. He is so moly v'godishchein. He is so inundated and overwhelmed with chain, with grace and otherworldly charm. It's kilaloshin is spoiled. He is moly v'godishchein. He is mischanein. He is a chosen. Akalas miloshin avas kululosayich. An all-encompassing love. To tell me that there's chain and alva between a bride and a groom. I don't need the Torah to be machanish that. Why they get engaged to one another? Of course they love one another. There's chain and alva. I don't need the Torah to be machanish. That's new musig. Abba what? Does the Torah want to be Mechadesh? That a son-in-law is called the Chosen. Why? Because we give him a bracha from the perspective through the lens of the Torah that he should always be Malachin in the eyes of his in-laws. And the Kala should be Mala, that Bechina of Avas Klulosaych in the eyes of her in-laws. That's what we want the Chiddush. To tell me that there's love, a grace and charm, that's why they got engaged. That's why there was a Lachayim and a Var. And a Gavaldi Gachasin. I don't need the Torah to teach me that. Uh, yet... We do need to teach it to you in the reference of, you have it, you taste the chain in the Ava, now make sure you can be mala the chain in the eyes of the in-laws. And the Ava's close in the eyes of the other in-laws.
Okay? It's a beautiful vart, but achareik echlosakol. And we still have to understand the Torah's terminology. We can only understand marriage if we understand the shame etzem of the descriptive appellations that are branded upon the bride and groom respectively. And they are known throughout Chumash, throughout Tanakh, as Ish Vishto. So what's Ish and Isha all about? And we have a Gemara in Sota, Daf Yedzayin, and Aleph, Adorish Rabbi Akiva, Ish Vishto, Zochu, Shechina Shui Baneyeh. If there's Zoche and there's Alva B'neim, then the Shechina is there. Rashi explains, Hashem takes his name, Yud and Hay, and the Tziruf, the juxtaposition of the Os Yud with the Os Hay, and he's a Machalek Hashem B'neim. He takes the Yud and puts it into the Esh of the Ish. He takes the Hay and puts it into the Esh of the Isha. After all, fire is unique. The fire is all about Shalom. Fire is all about unity. Anything you throw into fire, within a matter of seconds or minutes perhaps, almost instantly becomes part and parcel of the fire itself. A fire symbolizes romance. A husband and wife on a romantic evening, what do they do? A candle at dinner. They take Esh and they put it on the table in a camp. If you want to unite the campers, what do you do? You put them in a semicircle or circle around the fire. Around the fire, what brings people together? What gets the campers to open up and to reveal a lot more about themselves sitting around the campfire? And when you're sitting by the fireplace, it brings people closer. How do you bring Sholem into the house on Erev Shabbos? Shabbos of Gimel Marbez. How the woman lights the candles and she brings Sholem bias into the house by lighting candles and out of the space and now we don't bump into furniture, Rashi says. Well, after all, why did God give us a big toe so we can figure out where all the furniture in the house is? We have light. We can see where we're going. We don't bump into furniture. This Sholem, this harmony. Uh, that Sholem comes in. That's fire. We just had this past week's parish. I ever wonder why is Aaron a coin? Uh, the select, the choice individual who is picked by God to light the menorah. All right, so Yitzchakar, what's the very Yitzchak? What was Aaron Cohen all about? And we turn to Perkei Elvis, Perkei Elvis, and base. Hillel tells us, having me to meet of Shalaram, Oi of Sholom, Varode Shalom, Oi of Sabrias, and Makam of the Torah. He was the quintessential Ish Sholom. His whole life was dedicated endlessly to the pursuit of peace and harmony, reigning amongst Ish Visha and Bein Adam Lachamero. That was Aaron Cohen. If a woman lights candles in the house to bring Sholom bias into the bias, Hashem says, I also have a bias. I have a base of Mikdash. Who's going to be charged with that honorable task of bringing Shalom bias into my bias? All right, it's the very Yitzchak. Adavka specifically, Aaron Akoin, who is the only Shalom in the road of Shalom, he is going to bring Shalom bias into my Mishkan, into my base of Mikdash, by lighting the candles of the menorah, by bringing an Aish, by ushering in that Aish. And that's Shalom, that's fire, that's a candle at dinner, that's a fireplace. That's where we sit around, that's where we are drawn for a sense of comfort. That's what a fire does. A fire is all about shalom. Our fires, they unite, become one unified, homogeneous entity. Ish and Isha's, Ish and Ish uniting as one. And Hashem says, I give my name, and I'm a chalik b'neim. I take my yud, and I put it into the Ish. I take my hay, and I put it into the Isha. All right, the marsha. In his Chedusha Godus in the Gemara in the end of Git and Davtsadi Yaman Beis, the Gemara says that when an Ish and Isha get divorced to Achman al-Atzlan, the Mizbech is Morid the most. And the Mizbech cries. Why does Mizbech cry? 
right? The Marashal, because when the Ish and Isha were together, and the shame of Hashem was together, the Yud and the Hay, all right? The Marashal, in the end of Gittin, once they got divorced, Rachman al-Litzlan, and now the Yud is over here, and the Hay is over there. And it's Kilo, you were Mochik, it's a shame, it's Kilo, you erased today. Right? The Sefer Karen Ladovid. Arab David Greenwald from Satmar, he has a beautiful insight related. The last Mishnah and Meseches Kedushin appears in the Gemara Da Pebez And the Mishnah says, Avram Vino kept the Torah before it was given. How do we know that? Shenemar Ekevish Shoma Avram Akoli, Vayishmar Mishmati Mitzvosei Chukosai Visorosa Visorosai. The last letter of the last Mishnah and the Mesechta and Shas that revolves around Kedushin, around marriage, is the letter Yud. And how does the Mishnah open up? How does Mesechta's Kedushin commence? How the Mishnah that opens up the Mesechta about marriage is Haisha Nikneis. And Taisa Sindri Shonim Astakasha. Why is it Haisha with the hay? Why not? Just say Isha, what's the hate doing there? All right, it's the Karen David. How we want to be Manite, Sofa Betrilosa. Let's take the end of the Mishnah and unite it and juxtapose it to the beginning. The last letter of the last Mishnah ends with the Yud. And now we united, we join forces with what? With the Os Hey. Haisha, the Yud and Hey, because that's what marriage is. It's about uniting the Yud and the Hey. It's about keeping them together, right? It's the Grah. But you can't be together without Aksufa. And why do you need the Aksufa? Because the man has the Yud, the woman has the the hey, Aksuva ought to have been Aksav. Aksav, that's all it is. It's a star, it's a written document. What's Aksuva? What's with the superfluous Vav in the hey? All right, it's the Vilna Gaon. Because you only have the partial name of God, Yud and hey. We want to have Yud, hey, Vav, hey. We want to have the Yud, K, Vav, K. Only when a husband and wife have the Aksuva, they have Aksav with the Vav and hey. And now they juxtapose the Vav and hey from the Aksuva with the Yud of the Ish and the hey of the Isha. And now they have Yud, K, Vav, K. Now they have 26. If the Ish loves the woman, I love is Alva Gamatria 13. And the Isha, the woman, loves her husband back if the love is reciprocated. And then what? 13 and 13 is what? Alva's Gamatria Echad. And the Ish wants to be Echad with the woman. The woman wants to be Echad with the man. There's Alva going from Chosen to Kala, from Ish to Ishto. And Alva that's reciprocated, going back from the Isha to the Ish. Alva and Alva is 13 and 13, that's 26. Shechina, Shuri Yimeneim, that's how you bring down the Shechina. 26, Gamatria Yudke Vovke. So when a Talmud came to Rosh Hashanah once in Eretz Yisrael and said to Rosh Hashanah after getting married, he said, Rabbi, uh, can you believe in my wife? I thought I finished the chase. I already got her. I already went after all the dating weeks and all the months. I caught her. We got married. And now she still wants to play Monopoly on Wednesday night. And now she wants to go out for a walk on the boardwalk on Thursday night. And she wants to go out for pizza. Monty Shabbos, look at all the Bittal Tyra. I thought I was supposed to be learning and my wife wants to go out on all these dates. And Rosh Pigas turned to his Talmud and said, I don't stand. You don't believe in Chazal? Rabbi Akiva tells us in Sota, Yedzayin Amin Alish. Yedzayin, that Dorish Rabbi Akiva, Yish, Yish, Zohu, Shechina, Shechina, it's a rendezvous with the Shechina. It's an encounter with the Divine. If it's a good marriage, you bring the Shechina down. And that's the Yod and the Hay, the Shem Hashem. It's the quest of becoming one, emerging, of uniting together, but it's recognizing that there are two distinct Tafkidim. Are there are two distinct Tafkidim? Writes the Vilna, go to the Sefer Mora, go to the Rites, the Maral. 
and a chedusha godus menuchas chavtesim and beis. The yud, of course, explains the maral is the smallest letter in the alphabet. It's almost non-existent. The man is about yud. That's about what immediately dishmaya. That's about all the mahabo. That's about machshav. It's the only letter in the alphabet that rests, hovers above the line. That's not here with us. It's almost invisible. This smallest cell in the human body, in fact, is the sperm cell. That's the ish, and the largest cell is the egg cell. That's the ish. So that's the hay. What's the hay? The letter hay is formed by taking the yud that hovers above the line, bringing it down to this world, to olam hazeh, to the mundane material, and then you attach it to a dalit, to the dalit ruchos olam. When you juxtapose the letter yud to the letter dalit, and then you create the tzura of the os hay that's taking ruchnius, bringing it down here to olam hazeh, and spreading it, disseminating and promulgating it to the dalit ruchos olam. Then when you attach the yud to the dalit, that is the hay. That's the isha of Matsina Tesamanalov, who makes the decisions of Gashmius in the house, the woman who makes the decisions of Rukhnius, of how do they always work together? Among in the end, the man is still Machshava, Olam Hamba, Torah Shavapah, etc. The man is the Yod, and the woman is the Isha. So now we put it all together. The Vilna Gon, the Malbim, Rav Yitzhak Isaacover, and so many others write. We know that every single creation outside of Homo sapiens came into being, came into existence. Hashem created Zachar and Akeva. There's a male and there's a female. There's no concept of one androgynous being in the animal kingdom. And yet, writes the Vilna Gon, writes the Malbim, how did Hashem create Adam and Chava, first man and woman, thus illustrating to one and all what the Taklis Haritsuyo, the end result, ought to be? And they come into being, right? They came in as one androgynous being, and then Hashem separates them into two, and then the job of is what? Is to go back together again. So why didn't God I just go in and make us as one, leave us as one? And the answer is right, the building of the Tachlis is we have to become one. But it's a journey. That's what we spend life doing. We spend life, it's the quest. It's always davening to have a better marriage. It's always more flowers, more post-its, more candy bars. As one mashkiach told me in yeshiva, a healthy marriage is not, oh, did you spend $5,000 on a new necklace for Yontif? Did you spend $10,000 on a new diamond ring? You know what the... Kovea, the litmus test is, every time you're walking into a toy store, you're thinking, oh, can I get balloons? Can I get a new Hallmark card for my wife? Can I go out and get her something she likes? What about her favorite chocolate bar? Oh, what about these types of notes? What can I get her? What little gifts? It's the little things day in and day out that I like. Am I thinking about my spouse all the time? Uh, what does the wife appreciate? Not touching base for days at a time and then one hour long phone call? No, it's the constant content, the texting, the calls that says, I'm always thinking about you. And we were made as one being. Then God says, what? Adam and Chava were supposed to be one and they ought to be one. Then God separates them into two because now you have to become your own individuals and you have to go ahead and be the Ezer Kenegdo. You have to go ahead and highlight your own sense of self, your sense of individuality and uh, magnify and intensify your own kokos that are respective, that are given to you and then you perfect yourself. And then you work on becoming one again, and the ultimate is rights to say from Makori Menhagen. All right, so Makori Menhagen, it's Menchaf Hashem puts us together with our spouse three times. One is Bishas Leido, and one is Bishas Techuba. God takes the two halves of the soul, and he unites the Isha and Isha to give you a glimpse, a mere taste, a snippet of what that Achtas is all about, and then after the Chuba, God separates you, and says, okay, now you got the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and Metoshem years to figure it out. Now you got to get back together again, and then the Achar Misa for Nitzchias. For all of eternity, those two halves of the soul will reunite, and everybody in the world has another half, has a Basher, and 
and then you'll spend all of eternity together. Marriage, life is a quest on making yourself more and more perfect day after day and working on the marriage day after day. Ishanisha to become that one harmonious and homogeneous ish, that fire of warmth, of peace, of sholem and the bias. Ishanisha, that's the essence. They're one and one the same. They started out as one, broken up into two. The job has come back together again. Shirobi Matsliach and Sisiatrishmain finding the right mate and enjoying a Gavaldika marriage or Siatrishmain every step of the way. Have a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week up ahead. Yes. Are you able to give me your, your, your